This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today we are going to be talking about the coronavirus. I know a lot of you guys have been very, very anxious to hear my thoughts on all this. And some of you that are private friends of mine, you've already heard my thoughts on all this. But today we're going to be talking about COVID-19. We're going to be talking about everything that's kind of gone on with that. But let me kind of tell you what this podcast is not going to be. There have been a lot of news organizations. There's been a lot of different people that have given their opinions on this. There's a lot of people that have said they're they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and you know the Trump administration's doing great, or the Trump administration's doing terrible, or the world's doing the best job ever, or this is going to be the pandemic the pandemic that kills us all, and all that. That's not what I'm going to get into today. I don't find that stuff especially appealing to talk about. It's certainly not that interesting to listen to. And here's the other thing: I'm not going to give you any updates either, because guys. No matter where you go, you're going to see news about COVID-19, the COVID-19 coronavirus. So I don't need to do that. Like the day that you listen to this podcast, if I start giving you information at the beginning of this podcast, by the end of the podcast, it'll be obsolete, right? Whether we can use this medication or that medication, or this country has this many people dying or this many people surviving. It's just, that's not what this podcast is going to be because the reason why I haven't talked about coronavirus on this podcast, uh, in addition to the fact that we had some great guests that's uh, come on in the last several weeks is that I wanted to kind of collect my thoughts on this and not in a type of like epidemiological sense or something like that. Like that's not really what I wanted to do. Hey, I wanted to go through all the information and give you guys the real deal because I, I know my limitations and the, the area of science is one of those limitations. It's one of those things that I can't really wrap my head around a lot of things that happen in science or medicine. But I've been thinking a lot about what I've been seeing. So the actions I've been seeing from people. So the, I, the actions I've seen myself do, the actions I've seen others do, uh, the actions I see from people on the news, from people in other countries, there's been a lot to watch. I mean, there there are people that you know study psychology or sociology or any of those types of things. There's a lot to pay attention to. But I feel like COVID-19 is doing something to us. And then it's also revealing a lot of things to us. So I kind of want to break that down a little bit here. So let's kind of go with the obvious stuff from the very from the very top here. Let's go with the obvious things that the COVID-19 coronavirus is doing to us. One of the first obvious things is obviously it's affecting our health, right? So regardless of uh, whose statistics that you uh, agree with or that you subscribe to, uh, there's a lot of, of health problems that are being caused by the COVID-19 coronavirus. I'll just shorten it. We'll just call it COVID-19 for the rest of the podcast here, but it's affecting our health. There are clearly people that are dying every day. There are people that are dying. And again, I'm not going to give you the latest stats because by the time you listen to this, the stats will have changed. But in dozens of countries around the world, there are people dying every day. And in some of those countries, there are hundreds of people dying every day in countries like the United States. It'll be dozens of people dying, whatever the situation is. It's a bad deal. It is directly affecting our health. So that's obvious. The next obvious thing is it's affecting the health of our friends and family. Obviously, one of the first things that I did is whenever I heard that, obviously, this was a very difficult thing for elderly people to deal with or people with underlying health issues. I thought about my grandparents and I thought about my dad. There's some uh, health issues going on there. There's some age going on there. And so I automatically thought about those people. So it's affecting their health. It could potentially affect their health. And that's one of those times where, you know, I call my dad and say, hey, what are you going to be doing about this? Hey, how are we going to keep grandma and grandpa in their house? Because, you know, they're stubborn. All they want to do is go out and get uh, my grandma wants to go get her hair done. And my grandpa just wants to go out and eat dinner. And, you know, how can we keep them in the house? Because they are especially susceptible to this. So it's affecting the health of our friends and family. The next obvious thing is it's affecting our jobs. This is kind of the big one for a lot of you guys is there are not very many industries that you can think of or that anyone can think of that are booming right now. 
right? Aside from, you know, toilet paper industries and, you know, mask makers and uh, cleaning companies and those types of things, those people are raking it in right now. But just about everybody else's jobs have screeched to a halt, right? And in everything, in everything that you can imagine. And most small businesses in the United States don't operate on these gigantic margins. The almost 100% of the businesses in the United States are small businesses, right? Like that's what the statistics tell us. But these, these people, that's why whenever you talk to people that are leftists in, in kind of their understanding of economics, they just assume that if you own a business that you have these massive margins and you're just taking advantage of the little guy. Most of the small business owners that I know don't have two months worth of cash on hand. So if things really, really go bad, they can't really deal with it for very long. And now for you, if you're not a business owner, you're very worried about your job. You know, I, I work with, um, I work with some guys in the oil and gas field and some of my best friends are in the oil and gas field and they pretty much live in a constant state of awareness about where the oil and gas field is. But beyond that, they kind of live in this constant state of paranoia about, okay, is, is next month going to be worse than this month? Are they going to shut down all the rigs? Like, what are they going to do? And it's just affecting our jobs. There's a lot of people that have lost their jobs. There's been some estimates that up to that there might be upwards of a 20% unemployment rate in the United States, which guys, that would be absolutely insane. The Trump administration through whatever they've been doing, they've been able to get the unemployment rate basically to zero. It's never going to be zero, but there's basically more jobs than there are people that were available to work three years or three weeks ago, a month ago, right? That's not what we're seeing now. Another obvious thing that we've seen COVID-19 do is it's affecting our money. I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't know. It's affecting our income. It's affecting our investments. Certainly, if you're watching your investments, uh, you're a braver person than I am. It's affecting your retirement. It's affecting your businesses. It's definitely affecting your money. And we're going to get more into money here in just a little bit. Another obvious thing is it's affecting the church, the capital C church and other ministries, because a lot of ministries have had to shut down the things that they're doing because most of their ministries are belly to belly. They're having to be with people in the room and that's just too dangerous right now. It's affecting the church. I don't know of a single church uh, that any of my friends go, at least in my area, that is still meeting on Sundays. Now, thank God for churches like LifeChurch.tv here in, or Life.Church now is what they're called in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, one of the largest churches, if not the largest church in the United States. They've been on the uh, church online bandwagon since forever. I'm pretty sure they were the first uh, entity to do church online, right? Or, or they were one of the first and they've gotten that technology out to a lot of people. So most people can go to church online now. That wasn't always a thing. 10 years ago, I don't think that was a thing, right? So that's an incredible thing that we're still able to do, but it is still affecting the church because even when you see people online, it's just not really the same. The next obvious thing is it's affecting our social lives. That's kind of a duh because bars and restaurants are shut down. You can't go to a bowling alley. Nobody's hanging out at the movie theater. Our social lives have taken a hit. Another thing is it's affecting our sense of community, right? Just having a friend over for dinner now, it, it might be a knockdown drag out fight with, with your spouse, right? That, that's a serious issue. Uh, honey, we've, we've got kids. I mean, we can't just invite the neighbors over, right? Even talking to your neighbor, like, you know, watching your neighbors, you're walking your dog and they're walking their dog and you, you make sure you pass each other on the opposite sides of the street and kind of point your face away from them. It's certainly affecting our sense of community. Community events are, are done. You know, there's no real social gatherings anymore because with each subsequent day leading up to this week, it was like, okay, no, no more than 250 people at an event. Okay. No more than a hundred. Okay. No more than 50. Okay. No more than 10 people, right? In a press conference where there's more than 10 people on camera, but it's kind of one of those interesting things. It's crushing our sense of community. Beyond that, it's affecting our entertainment. I mean, guys, there's no sports, none at all. I mean, well, I think I got a text recently that there was like an MMA thing in Jacksonville, like this private MMA event that, that happened back in Jacksonville. But guys, there's no, there's no spring training baseball. Like there's no NBA. That was kind of the first uh, shoe to drop there. There's no kind of 
Olympic trials. There's nothing, nothing at all. And I know uh, there's a lot of entities that are trying to keep their things going and they're wondering when they can come back, but it's so tough. No concerts. Everyone's too scared again to go to the movie theater, any type of thing that, that you could find as entertainment outside the house. We just don't really do those things anymore. And kind of the last thing that, that's obvious, at least it was obvious to me, is it's affecting our travel. I had my wife uh, in her third trimester. She was going to do kind of a little girl's trip, go see some of her friends out in California. That, that had to be canceled. And luckily, when we canceled the trip, had she actually gone on that trip, then she kind of would have been quarantined in the state of California because they pretty much locked down the state of California. Not exactly sure how that's affected the airlines, but that's all the obvious stuff, right? So anytime you go to the news or Instagram or Twitter or something like that, those are the things that people are talking about. But one thing I've noticed about the coverage of COVID-19 is that people aren't really going any deeper than that. I mean, they're, they're staying fairly surface level. Right. And, you know, it's affecting grocery stores and stuff like that. Obviously, that's one thing I, I, I neglected to mention. So, you know, you got this one person that buys, you know, five boxes worth of uh, toilet paper and they're taking it out to their truck and someone gets them on Instagram like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this person? Like, those are the stories that you're getting right now. But we're not going any deeper. And I'm wondering why. Because what COVID-19 is doing to us is many things that are on a much, much deeper level. So I'm going to go through some of those here. And the first one's going to be political and the rest won't be for so. So for some of you out there that don't think I should talk about political things, maybe just like plug your ears for the next two or three minutes. I don't know. Just deal with it. But the the one thing that I've really thought about this and guys, again, just to remind you, I didn't vote for this guy, so I'm not carrying water for him. But I think this COVID-19 thing is revealing that the U.S. mainstream media really is out to get Trump. I mean, I just, when I'm watching these press conferences where Trump and the rest of his administration that's kind of dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, some of the questions he's getting asked are absolutely hilarious. And they're maddening if you're a big Trump MAGA MAGA guy, your head's got to be ready to explode. But at these press conferences that he's doing, he's receiving multiple questions about why are you calling it the Wuhan virus? Why are you calling it the Chinese virus? And just to be honest, how stupid is that just as a basic question? Because here's the deal, you're, you're in the media and you're in the room and you get to ask the president of the United States, the most powerful person on the planet earth, a question during what might end up being the biggest financial crisis in world history. And you're worried about the words he chooses when he calls the virus by the names that he chooses. Like what? I just don't quite understand this. And again, like if, if the media were saying things like this to Barack Obama or to Bill Clinton or to some other president, I would like to, to think that I would believe the same thing. And I would have wanted to defend that president in the same way. It's so ridiculous. And the most ridiculous thing is that they're calling him a racist for saying it's the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus, which is just hilarious to me because we have some historical proof texts. I saw this on, on a newsreel not that long ago that kind of proved that calling this the Wuhan flu or the Chinese flu or the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus, that that's not racist. Let me just kind of break it down for you. So there was the Spanish flu from the early 1900s. That was the worst flu epidemic in the history of the world. Much of the information about the disease came from Spain. It may have originated in Spain. We don't know that for sure. And also the Spanish king was infected. So calling it the Spanish flu is not racist. Then we've got the German measles. You might, you might know that as rubella. That didn't originate in Germany, but it was a German scientist that discovered that it was different than the measles. So calling it German measles is not racist. Then you got West Nile virus. It originated in East Africa in the early 1900s. It happens when a mosquito bites a bat and then a bat, you know, bites a human and then, you know, the human transports it. So calling it the West Nile virus 
Also, not racist. Then we've got MERS. Y'all remember people talking about MERS? That's M-E-R-S, Middle Eastern Respiratory System. So that's the discovery. That discovery was made in Saudi Arabia in 2012. It's another kind of coronavirus, actually. It's not racist. It just happened. It was discovered in Saudi Arabia. So that's why they call it MERS, Middle Eastern. Then you got Japanese encephalitis. That's spread by mosquitoes that originated in the late 1800s, and it originated in Japan. It's not racist to call it Japanese encephalitis. The thing is that people can't quite understand is this has nothing to do with the Chinese people at all. It has to do with the Chinese government. That's the part that is so stupid about this. Like when people will ask Donald Trump or any of his people in his administration, well, you know, there are people in this country that might be discriminated against because they're Chinese. They can't even provide examples of that happening. They're just saying, what if this happens? We want to blame it on you. So what would you like to say now? The thing about this guys, and I'll get off my political soapbox. This is China's fault. This is absolutely China's fault. They let their wet markets stay open. So if you've looked at videos, go to Google right now and look up wet markets, China, and and just see the dead animals that are sitting on top of other dead animals and the types of animals that they're selling to people for them to eat. Their people are eating crap like bats and penguins and just nonsense animals that you've never even seen before. And those things lead to diseases like this. These diseases just show up out of nowhere because people are eating ridiculous animals like magic, right? This is communism's fault right? You, you tamp down anything that's, uh, that might make the regime look bad. And, and if you need to lie in order to make things look bad, go ahead and do that too. Here's the thing, guys. We have evidence that the Chinese government knew about the outbreak and then covered it up. They knew about this, you know, at the end of 2019, they knew that this was happening, but because of communism, because of authoritarianism, they didn't want to let that out right? We actually have evidence that doctors and journalists that tried to sound the alarm on this got quote unquote disappeared. Basically the Chinese government government made them disappear, right? We have evidence that they straight up lied to the World Health Organization representatives to basically say that this wasn't that big a deal. We've got this under control and the World Health Organization's like, oh, okay, yeah, great. China's never lied to us before. But, but that's the thing here is it just seems like in a time where we've got this desperate need to have no political nonsense, this desperate time to where we all need to kind of be on the same page. The media just can't get on the same page. Another thing that I didn't really even think about that I didn't put in my show notes. Um, isn't it interesting that we're not hearing anybody complain about the pronouns that are being used at, at all right now? We don't have people complaining about where they're supposed to go to the bathroom. No one's claiming any hashtag me too things at the moment. No one's, you know, there's no front page stories about six-year-olds that are being force-fed pills that are going to, you know, castrate them chemically. Isn't it amazing? It's almost as if those things are completely made up. It's almost as if those things are farcical, right? But what do I know? We'll kind of go to the next deeper thing that I feel like COVID-19 is revealing about this, and it's this. It's revealing how potentially dangerous it is for you to be fat and out of shape. Did that feel a little, little gross when I said that, but it, but it's real guys, because obviously some of you that aren't 80 years old and older, you're like, Oh, well, I'm not elderly. But then there are a lot of people that have talked about the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 affecting people that have underlying health issues. Well, in America, most of the underlying health issues are because we're so fat because we're so overweight. We're so morbidly obese that we have heart issues. We have lung issues. We have, you know, blood pressure issues, right? And this is one of those moments where if you're not really, really old, and if you're not in bad shape, you're like, oh, shoo, I'm kind of in the clear. I got a way better than 99% chance of not even getting this thing. And then if I even do get this thing, I've got a better than 99% chance that it's not even going to affect me. 
And so that's the thing that it's revealing that I really hope people take to heart. I know they won't because most people are morons, but I really feel like people should take a much deeper look at how they're taking care of themselves and their own personal health. Because this is one of those moments where there's not a whole lot of uh, fingers to be pointed anywhere else. If you get this and you had a preventable, preventable disease, you know, something that you've created because you're so fat, because you're so overweight, this is one of those moments where it's like, hey man, if you had been taking care of yourself for all these years or all these decades, you wouldn't be in the crosshairs of this disease. Not a whole lot of people are talking about that right now because it's really insensitive. And I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that, but it's true. Another deeper level thing for us to be thinking about that COVID-19 is revealing is it's revealing how unprepared many of us are. And so, yes, you can talk about the preparedness of the government. And guys, guess what? Not a single country on the planet was prepared for this. Not a single country on the planet had, you know, the right amount of ventilators because of a pandemic. They had the right amount of masks, the right amount of tests. Nobody was ready for this. There are varying levels of crappy, right? There are some countries that got this so poorly uh, on the back end after this all happened. And then there's some that have done a really, really good job, but guys, no one was really prepared for this, but I want to talk more on the individual level because most of the people that I know, and I'm talking about the generic people that I know, these people don't even have a week's worth of food at home. I mean, they've got enough groceries to last them to maybe two or three days. Uh, you know, they just depend on fast food or restaurants or something like that. And then something like this happens, there's a run on food at the grocery store. And then they're the one left being like, oh crap, well, I, I need, I need food to live. And I I normally buy that food. And now the only food that's available is that food. You know, what, what am I going to do? And a lot of people just aren't really prepared. I I feel like one thing that we're going to see is if you run a prepper company, like a company that teaches people how to make fire out of nothing and uh, people that sell, you know, beans that'll last for the next 700 years or something like that. I don't feel like those companies are ever going to go out of business and they may never have enough stock to provide for all the people that want to be customers of theirs because it's really revealed to us. Most of us don't have a freaking clue what's going to happen. And we have no idea where our next meal is going to come from if the grocery stores are empty and nothing's at the house. So that's an interesting thing to think about. The next deeper level thing is it's revealing the pain points in our households. This one's really interesting. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of data on this, you know, a year, maybe five years from now, something like that. The thing about this disease is it's affecting most people's jobs. So you've either lost your job at this point or you're working from home, most likely. So when you're working from home, you can't get away from your family. If you've got a bad relationship with your spouse, you can't get away from them. If you hate your kids, if your kids suck, if they're awful, well, they're not at school right now. You can't get away from them either. And you can't escape to your normal hobbies. You can't escape to work, right? There's no sports on. So you can't be like, Hey honey, leave me alone. I got this three hour baseball game. I need to watch. You don't have that right now. And so what this is doing for a lot of people is it's revealing a lot of pain points inside the household that they may have never realized before. Because maybe you've been operating at this clip for so long that you've got your kids and, you know, your, your spouse is less of a spouse and more of just kind of a life partner. You know, she kind of helps you pay the bills. She helps you make sure that the kids are fed. She helps you make sure that the house isn't burned down, those types of things. But there's no intimacy there. There's no conversations there. There's no deeper level of any meaningful talk in your entire lives. It's just getting to the next day, getting the kids to the next day, getting yourselves to the next day until you can grab your coffee, hop in your truck and get to work. That's kind of what it feels like, but you don't have that luxury right now. And the bad part about it is we have no idea how much longer that's going to last. This could last a few weeks. It could last a few months, right? I don't really know that it'll go much farther past that, but a lot of you are having to reckon with that right now. I find that really interesting. and It's probably a good thing. 
Another deeper level thing this is revealing about us is it's revealing our paranoia. I mean, right now, people don't want to be around people. Even when you look at the most reputable data that we have, which says that this is not the the most transmissible thing that we've ever seen, even if you transmit it and you're young and in good shape, that it's probably not going to take you out. It's almost as likely to kill you as the flu leading, the regular flu leading to pneumonia, those types of things. But it's almost as if we're treating this like sickness is hiding behind every every corner or on top of, you know, every countertop or on top of every dumbbell at the gym, right? Because we see these things, well, oh, well, the virus can live this long on plastic and it can live this long on metal and it can live this long on cardboard. And it's like, oh no, uh, we're just going to leave the boxes from Amazon on the front porch. Like we'll just let them fester out there and hopefully they don't get stolen. And then we'll bring them back in uh, sometime in 2027 and then we can open the packages. But it's revealing our paranoia about a lot of these things. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating that you guys be, be ridiculous. Like don't go to your jujitsu gym and then like just run your tongue like long ways along the entire mat that that's kind of ridiculous but isn't isn't it kind of ridiculous what we're seeing people doing i mean i saw a picture of somebody the other day that literally had a trash bag over the top of them with duct tape around the bottom i mean what point do you have to get get to to where it's like dude just stay home just stay home like just just stay home if that's going to be how you're going to present yourself in public so it's revealing our paranoia for sure The next thing it's revealing about us is how dependent we are on escapes like sports or movies or concerts or things like that. For so many guys that I know, their entire life is about leisure. I've done an episode of this podcast. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's called Addicted to Leisure. And I talk about these guys that just all they want to do is they just look forward to those times where they can veg out. There's not a whole lot of vegging out options right now. And for any of you guys that are getting creative so that you can continue to veg out, you're missing out on some really good opportunities, which we'll get more into here in a little bit. But a lot of people, they're literally dependent on escapes. Some of the most interesting stories that I've heard have been about gambling sites, like and, and gam, uh, gamblers in Vegas and things like that, these sports books. They're, they're taking bets on the weather. I mean, guys, think about that. They're taking bets on the weather. That, that is how ate up some of these guys are with gambling and those different things because that is their escape. And you need sports for there to be escapes. You need, you need politics. You can bet on politics, right? But everything's kind of shut down, so they're, they're missing out on that. And the next thing is it's revealing how much you worship at the altar of money. And guys, I'm not going to take myself out of this and kind of hover over this. This is the same for me too. I'm obviously worried about money as well. My wife's in the third trimester and we're about to give birth. Obviously, that is another mouth to feed. That is another thing that needs to be provided for. And I just assume in the back of my head that we'll never get help. I mean, that's ridiculous. We've had baby showers and we've had people that are willing to, you know, literally, you know, kill people to make sure we've got diapers and baby wipes and stuff like that. But at the same time, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of us guys, but it's showing us how much, how dependent we are on money for provision. And we're just scared to death and, and we just worship at the altar of money. We're, we're looking at our, our uh, bank account. And we're like, oh no, how, mo- how long is this going to last? We're, we're looking at our investment accounts. We're like, oh my gosh, I've lost X percentage in this amount of time. Or, oh my gosh, I, I love Donald Trump. He's my favorite person on the planet, but now the, the economy has been wiped out. And so what if he's not going to be reelected? Just things like that. It's all centered on money. And isn't it so interesting that when something like this happens, it's like the, the curtain's been lifted. I mean, I know, I know a lot of heavy hitter guys in business that make a lot of money and I've had some conversations with them in the last week and two weeks ago, they were the cock of the walk, couldn't touch them, you know, chin up in the air, super confident guys. And now they're, you know, they're, they're sunken in and sullen and downtrodden and just because of money. 
I mean, it's tough. I, I can't say I wouldn't respond similarly if I was in their situation, but man, it just certainly reveals that, doesn't it? The next thing here, we got a couple more that it's revealing to us. It's revealing that most of us are utilitarians. And so if you're not familiar with the the term utilitarian, you're certainly familiar with it in practice, but I'll read the definition here. So it's the doctrine that actions are right if they are useful or for the benefit of the majority. The doctrine that an action is right insofar as it promotes happiness and that the greatest happiness of the greatest number should be the guiding principle of conduct. And this is why I say that. So follow me here. A lot of people initially were like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. There's a lot of people saying that even right now, hey, this is still not that big of a deal. But now that the conversation is changing a bit. So whether you listen to political pundits or just social thinkers or whatever the situation is, now people are like, they're asking questions like this. Well, how long can we basically have no government or not no government? How can we have, how much longer can we have no business, no economy? How, how much longer can we shut everything down? Because the way people are asking it is they're essentially saying, hey, we can let some of these people die. We can thin the herd a little bit if we can keep this economy going. Because there are a lot of people that are right now, they're like, hey, man, I like grandma. Hey, man, I like grandpa. I like all the people down at the nursing home. But my goodness, if some of them die and we can keep everything moving along, you know, maybe that's better. They may not say that out loud. They're probably not going to say it with a huge microphone in front of their faces, but we're all becoming a little bit utilitarian at this point, especially the young and the healthy and the people that have businesses. It's just like, Hey man, let us out of our houses. Let's get this going. Especially with the American spirit, the, you know, the don't tread on me spirit. Don't tell me what to do spirit, the libertarian spirit. I mean, that's kind of the thing is how much longer can the government say, just stay in your house and don't talk to anyone in person, like within six feet again, what we're looking at this now is like, Hey, what's the best thing for the most amount of people? And guess what? The overwhelming amount of people that get COVID-19 will not die. You will have people that will get COVID-19 and they won't even realize they're sick. Just saying, I'm not advocating for one or the other, but it's revealing that a lot of us think as a utilitarian for sure. And the last deeper level thing that I want to discuss here is it's revealing how scared we really are at our core. We are terrified. And I'm talking about we in the macro sense as humanity, but also as Christians. We're not thinking about, man, if I die, I'll go to heaven. We're like, oh my gosh, what if I die in this horrible pandemic? I remember reading about the Black Plague. I remember reading about the Spanish flu. I could just be one of those bodies that they pile into a mass grave and set on fire. It's revealing some incredible things about how scared we are. People are so frightened and fear is leading people to go to the grocery store, to go to the gun store, to go buy up everything because we're scared. And to the Christians out there, the question I have for you is, why are you so scared? And guys, let's be real about something. Before you think I'm the guy that's got it all figured out, you know who had to remind me of that fact? My wife, my lovely bride, about a week ago from the recording of this podcast was like, Kyle, you kind of sound a little bit scared about this or that because my wife and I are pretty level-headed on this because it's like, gosh, I guess we'll go buy toilet paper just because everybody else is buying toilet paper. Okay, fine. We should probably get a little bit more ammo just in case there's a run on ammo. But she's just like, Kyle, if you and I both died, I mean, we still have a good happy ending. We, We both go to heaven. And it was just kind of one of those reset moments to where it's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. But there's a lot of Christians that are just freaking the heck out right now for for no apparent reason. It's almost like they don't know the end of the story. 
And so I want to transition now for you to kind of talk about how can we cope? How can we cope with the lives that we're trying to lead right now? And guys, there is a lot of anxiety. There, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of you guys, and I'm not trying to minimize that in any way. I just want to kind of give you some tools in this time to maybe reset your brain a little bit. And I'm not saying you're going to put all these things into practice, but if you put some of them into practice, I think that'd be a good thing for you. So obviously we talk about spiritual, mental, and physical resilience all the time. So I'm going to start with ways to cope spiritually, mentally, and physically. So the first thing spiritually is go ahead and do the quote unquote quiet time, right? I mean, for a lot of you guys, have you ever had more downtime? Just think about the guys. If you drove 15 minutes to and from work, right? That's 30 extra minutes in your day since you're working from home. What are you doing with that extra 30 minutes? Are you trying to squeeze in another, you know, Netflix episode? Are you trying to squeeze in another podcast? This is that time to get a real consistent quiet time. And I don't care if you do it, you know, in the beginning of the day, I don't care if you do it in a secluded closet. I don't really care. There's no rules around it, but you can get that quiet time. I mean, guys, just cover yourself in scripture. Like I went ahead and pulled some scriptures for you guys that, you know, just remind me if I'm ever anxious, these are the things I go to. So I'm just going to give them to you rapid fire here. So Philippians four verses five through seven, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then we got Psalm 38, one, we got King David talking about here. Um, This is verse nine, actually. Oh Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. First Peter five. Uh, we've got verses uh, six and seven here. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then we got a couple from Jesus, Matthew six, verse 20 or verse 25. And then we're going to, you know, skip a little bit down and we'll get to verse 34. So here, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And the last one here is John in, uh, in John 14. We have this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So the thing is, guys, is I just pulled out a handful. The Bible is full of things that should make you feel comfortable. And here's the other thing for some of you guys that are like, oh my gosh, there's, you know, I'm a Christian, bad things shouldn't happen to me. Another encouragement to go read the Bible is the, the people in the Bible that Jesus cared for most and that were God's chosen people. Those are some of the people that suffered, suffered the worst in, in the scriptures. Now they had a happy ending, but a lot of those people suffered terribly in this world. This modern theology of that, you know, if you're a Christian, things should just never go wrong. It's it's wasteful. It's ridiculous. It's baseless, right? So we're not going to do that. So now for mental coping, guys, now is a great time to feed your mind. So you should be reading books. And I'm talking to some of you guys who are like, oh, I want to read books. Don't care. Need to read books. On our website, if you go to www.undaunted.life backslash book list, there are a hundred books listed there. It's the hundred books every modern Christian man should read list. You should pick up five of those and read them in the next month. No big deal. Podcasts. Yes, if you want to sneak in some comedic podcasts or different things like that, this is a great time to try to get in more podcasts, right? If you're chilling at home, you got a little bit more downtime, that's a great time to do that, right? Documentaries. So there's a lot of documentaries on Hulu and uh, Amazon and on Netflix and all that. There's some that are for entertainment and some that are for teaching. So 
get some of that teaching ones in there. You can go to YouTube videos, YouTube tutorials. You can learn how to fix that part of your car or that part of your fence or whatever the situation is. Guys, don't just Netflix. Don't just watch these mindless comedies or these mindless shows. Yes, get a little bit of that entertainment. You know, you got to veg out at some point, but really think about feeding your brain right now. Then the next one is physical coping. Here's the thing, guys. I had guys reaching out to me because they know I have a, a home gym and they're like, oh man, can I come work out? My, my gym shut down, all these different things. And I, I just was kind of looking at these guys like, what are you talking about? All you need is the human body and mother earth. Yes, the fact that I have got a gym in my garage, that's helpful, right? I, I can do my weights. There's going to be no hiccups whatsoever in my exercise regimen. But now's not the time to get fat. I mean, I mean, there's so many people that are like, oh, you know, I'm just going to sit at home. And then when they sit at home, they're closer to the Twinkies. They're closer to the beer, whatever the situation may be. But guys, you do not need to complicate this because you know what's not closed? The planet. You can run on the street. You can run on trails. You can run sprints. Guys, tomorrow, I'm getting a group of guys together to do a uh, a workout in the middle of a field. And there's a, there's a track nearby, all those different things as well. We're not going to be near each other. We're not going to be touching each other. But there's no excuse not to work out hard. There's not going to be a single piece of equipment out there. And we are going to be exhausted. I can guarantee it by the time that we're done. But now's not the time. I've got a bunch of stuff on my website or on the, uh, on the Instagram account. It's these workouts that all you need is a deck of cards something that can be found in just about every home in America. As long as you got a deck of cards, you can get a great workout in. So physically cope right now. The next thing is, is we're super connected right now. Most of you guys realize like, oh man, I haven't seen my friends in forever. But guys, you can text them, you can call them, you can FaceTime, you can Skype, you can Zoom, you can Snapchat, you can social media, you can do all these different things. Stay connected. If you've got a Sunday school, stay connected to those people. If you've got a foxhole that meets regularly, do what you can to stay connected. There's no excuse. I mean, we're not living in that, that era where we've got to, you know, write letters with a quill pen, you know, under candlelight or something like that. You can just shoot a text to a guy. Am I feel weird the first time? FaceTime him real quick. Hey man, how's it going? Hey, is that your dog over there? You know, let me go talk to your dog. Whatever the situation is, we're super connected. Just stay connected. And the last thing here, guys, is help where you can. And that's kind of the big thing is, is most people aren't looking for opportunities for where they can help right now. And I don't really understand it, but there's a lot of things that people are doing that are really great. You don't have to be a large corporation to pull these things off. The first is raise or donate money. I've seen a lot of people raising money on Facebook to donate to local food banks or local ministries or things like that. That's great. Inform people if, if you know more than they do. So if people are saying ridiculous things like, oh, I got coronavirus from my dog. Uh, you can't get it from your dog, you idiot. Just, just inform them probably nicer than I just said it just now. Calm people down. That that's a service that you can do for people is you can just, Hey, just, Hey, let's just calm down. Like you don't need to be freaking out going crazy right now. That would probably be something good. You might protect people. There might be opportunities coming up guys. When people get desperate, people get dangerous. And so I have no idea if we're going to keep having these runs on food or, or what's going to happen, or if more people lose their jobs, what they're going to try to do for money. One thing you might be able to do is aside from protecting yourself and your family is protecting others that might, that might come up for you. Also run errands for people. So I'm encouraging people that know elderly people or that have elderly people in their families to communicate with those people and say, Hey, I know you need to stay in your house right now. How about you tell me what you need from the grocery store? I will go get it. I will drop it off on the, uh, on the front porch. Just leave the money in the mailbox or don't worry about it. I'll cover you. Things like that. Run errands for people. Oh, they, they got to go uh, get, you know, some over the counter stuff from the pharmacy, whatever the situation may be. But the overall thing guys in the way that you can help is just stay vigilant. 
Stay up on the latest that's being revealed about this virus. Stay up on the best ways that you can prevent transmission, the ways that you can stay healthy, the ways that the people around you can stay healthy. The other thing about staying vigilant, like I said, I'll just remind you, when people get desperate, they get dangerous, and you don't want to be the person that's left, you know, basically uh, unaware when, when something's going down. So guys, there's a lot of information here, and this is likely going to be the last time that I talk about COVID-19, just because I think I've said my piece at this point. I don't think anything that I've said right now is going to change. Hopefully uh, that that last quote ages well, but I'm not terribly worried about it. I think we're all going to get through this. Guys, God is on our side. We know the end of the story. Stop freaking out. All right, guys, before we let you go, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for today, I've got a great website for you. So there's the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center. That is a website that is constantly being updated. If you're a freak out type person, don't go to that website because it's going to tell you where the different outbreaks are, where the deaths are, but we should see see the flattening of the curve here soon, but that's a great place to go. There's an article I found as well. It's called Evidence Over Hysteria, uh, COVID-19. This is an article that was per, uh, put on Medium. And guys, there's a lot of people that are putting this article up as one of the, the, the greatest research articles ever about COVID-19 and other people that are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Nothing in here is true or whatever the situation is. Guys, this is one of the most thorough things that I've seen analytically. And when this guy makes claims, he's not seeming to take the claims out of context. It takes a while to read. This is a very, very long article. It might take you a half hour to read this, but I, I think it's good because there, there's a lot of things in here that people aren't really talking about on the news because they're not that sensational. And so I thought this article did, did a good job of that. So I included that here. And then also I've got links to our book list that I talked about earlier. And then also our devotionals that are in the YouVersion Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, now probably be a good time to take those down. All right, guys, thanks so much. We really appreciate you listening to this podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. If we deserve a five-star review, please leave us five stars and let us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2020, which I don't know what the travel is going to look like, but we'll see how that goes. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, at your men's event, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. The email is info at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plants or go above and get the links there. And also we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, Keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.